0: fellow Americans. Good evening. God bless America. I didn't sound like Obama there, did I? That's okay, whatever. Uh, but this video is related to politics. I will be talking about the general election. Not because I'm necessarily an expert on it, but I just like making videos about different things. Just let me do my thing. I got with me the official salad, uh, sample ballot, salad bample, sample ballot uh, and I will be referring to this throughout the video. Uh, before I go into talking about what I'll be discussing in this video, I do want to mention that if you are in the LA area, the LA Metro is offering free rides throughout the day during uh, during November 6th, I believe, on Tuesday. If you need to take advantage of that, that is an option for you. And for music producers, uh, this is not a sponsored video, but... Just want to mention that Universal Audio is going to be offering 40% off their plugins on Election Day if you show that you voted, uh, which is cool, but Waze and Slate are always cheaper. Anyway, so without further ado, let's talk about the propositions. Uh, before I go into props one through four, I do want to talk about what a bond is because that is what is funding uh, these propositions the money that will be going to these specific programs that are being voted on uh, on november 6th so a bond as far as i understand is what a government issues to an individual or an institution when they are pro it's basically an investment so if the government issues you a bond you pay the the government a bond And in return, they will pay you back interest. And usually this is over a a long term period of time. So about 10 years or longer. So this is where the money is coming from. It's coming from uh, individuals and institutions that give the government money and the government then promises to pay them back. I believe based on the programs that they uh, the revenue of the programs that they use to build those programs to begin with from these bonds. Uh, these bonds have already been sold. So there's no selling, there's no loaning that needs to be taking place. It is just um, the proposition is if we use if we don't use this money for the proposition, then we have to figure out where else we're going to use the money. So anyway, maybe that's not a really clear way to introduce this uh, topic of discussion. But let's talk about uh, the propositions. So number one, we are looking at The authorization of bonds to fund specific housing assistance programs. Um, So this is for low-income residents, veterans, farm workers, uh, manufactured homes, infill, and transit-oriented housing. Um, So the state's going to need to repay bonds about $170 million annually over 35 years. Um, I'm not entirely worried about them having to repay the bonds. And I do think that this is going to be particularly helpful, especially for those who are veterans, I believe one of those four billion dollars, one billion of four billion is going to be helping the veterans um, regarding this uh, state measure. Um, I would put my vote on yes for this one. I do think it's worthy of uh, the four billion dollars is being spent. Um, So that is exactly what's happening. It's just for. Uh, funding low-income residents, veterans, farm workers, uh, mobile homes, uh, and transit-oriented housing. Proposition number two, it authorizes bonds to fund existing housing programs for those with mental illness. Mental health is one issue that is not talked about uh, often enough, and I believe it is the root of a lot of problems that goes on um, in our society anyway. So I do think that when we are funding, I believe it is two billion dollars in bonds um, we're looking at the fiscal a fiscal impact of having to repay a hundred forty million dollars uh per year uh, doesn't say the amount of time that it'll take for the state to repay that back um, but we're funding um, we're funding the assistance of mental illness uh, with two billion dollars in bo- in bonds um The first two propositions, I believe, have absolutely no opposition uh, in terms of campaigning. There may be people that oppose it, but there is no serious campaigning for opposing these measures. So I do think that these are definitely going to be passing um, during Election Day. Number three, we are looking at bonds to fund projects for water supplies. Basically, it is... um, $8.9 $8.9 billion going to helping the water infrastructure here in the in the state of California makes sense. We've been going through a drought. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that we necessarily need $8.9 billion, but I do think that it will help um, anyway to have uh, water infrastructure improved um, here in the state. We're averaging uh, to repay the bonds of $430 million per year over 40 years, so the state's going to have to be paying that back. Um, local government savings for water-related projects, likely averaging a couple hundred million dollars annually over the next few decades. Um, so I do think we're looking at a pretty good, pretty good proposition here. It's not just for water infrastructure. We're looking at uh, fish, wildlife, um, and that is also included in this proposition. I would go ahead and uh, it has my vote. Uh, Yes. Number four, we're looking at bonds authorizing. We're looking at authorizing bonds to fund uh, uh, children's hospitals. Cool. So interestingly, uh, we're looking at 13 children's hospitals, I believe eight nonprofits and five uh, children's hospitals from the UC system in which uh, 153 million each will be issued to the nonprofits, and fifty-four. I can't remember the exact number, but fifty-four million, I believe, then goes to the each UC children's hospitals. Um, it is a total of one point five billion dollars that are being issued to these hospitals. And essentially, if these children's hospitals don't get the funding that they uh, are hoping to get from these uh, from this state measure, then you're looking at having to source their um, funds from other places, especially for nonprofits. I think a lot of it's going to be from donations, uh, goodwill uh, of the people. Anyway, not the thrift store, just the goodwill of the people to help fund that. Um, We're looking at the fiscal impact of having to pay 80 million dollars annually over the next 35 years. So in in uh, comparison to the other propositions here, this is the least amount that is being asked for. Out of all of them, I am not entirely sure what the hospitals will be using the money for. Um, So that is kind of one of the admissions that I have. But uh, I would go ahead and also say yes to that. So numbers one through four, I am for funding. I am for more government funding. Sure, it. I'm not entirely sure that this is necessarily a bad thing either because we're not in. We're not using uh, we're just how do I say this the issue is not that we are going to run out of money for other programs it is that there it's just whatever we have in the current pool of money that we have we're allocating it to these different uh, programs and we're not we're not increasing taxes we're not selling any more bonds we're not getting into more debt So it's whatever we already have currently in the pool of money that we've got. So that's Propositions 1 through 4. Number 5, I hated reading this one, uh, and this one totally doesn't relate to me, but whatever, I'm going to go over it. Uh, So this change, it, it changes requirements for certain property owners, specifically those that are 55 and older, or those who are disabled, to transfer their property tax base to replacement property. So let me try and explain it how I understand it. Proposition five is basically saying that if you bought a house at the value of one hundred thousand dollars and it has a one percent property tax or whatever, something like that, you have to pay one thousand dollars per, I believe, month. I don't I don't even know, but you're paying one percent on that piece of property um, for that house. Right. And when you move, when you generally when you move to a new property, what happens is you are forced to then pay. So let's say you move from a $100,000 piece of property, you've owned that for 20 years, whatever. And then now you want to move out to a piece of property that has that's worth $500,000. Um, you are now going to have to pay whatever the tax rate on that house is. Let's say that it's 2%. Now you have to pay $10,000. Uh, on that uh, piece of property. What this, um, what this proposition is saying is that for anybody that is 55 or older or for anyone that is disabled that qualifies for this will not have to follow that, will not have to uh, pay the property tax rate of the more expensive property should they decide to within the state move and they can keep the tax rate that they currently had with the old piece of property um the issue though is that schools and local governments are going to lose approximately a hundred million dollars annually um uh wait in annual property taxes early on, and it's projected to grow to about one billion dollars per year um so this affects a very small a very small i guess. Um, percentage of the population, not many people are homeowners at 55 and older, but I believe that a large percentage of voters are going to be of that demographic. So it is taking away money from social programs and it is allowing those who are older to have to be able to save money on, uh, paying their property taxes. So I just don't know if I'm going to vote yes or no on this one, um, because especially if you are not 55 yet, but you're about to hit that age, you may want to consider that if you are going to uh, move within the state, this may be a this may be a proposition you'd want to vote on. You could save a couple thousand a month, I believe, uh, by voting yes for this proposition. But the tradeoff is there's less money for uh, social programs like schools um, and whatnot. So that's number five. Uh, proposition number six. It eliminates certain road repair and transportation funding. Uh, requires that certain fuel taxes that were passed in 2017 be uh, eliminated. I believe, uh, or no, it requires that it is a constitu- It would be. Um, this is a constitutional amendment. Is this what it is? I'm not entirely sure. But there, this this um this proposition, I understand it to be twofold. Number one, basically, it will require that any fuel tax, any uh, transportation tax, will be required to have two thirds of the vote um, through the state and house level. No, Senate and house level um, within the state of California. Uh, not only that, but it will re- it will repeal um, the current. Uh, fuel taxes that were passed in 2017 in the state. Um, We're going to be losing about $5.1 billion in revenue uh, to help repair our infrastructure. Um, I am very, very strongly in favor of having good infrastructure here in the states, Um, not just California, but nationwide. So I'm definitely not for this. I do think that it is okay to pay a little bit more taxes if that means that our roads and highways Um, have more uh, funding to go through being rebuilt and being improved. So I would say no on Proposition 6. Number 7 is uh, the least important and least significant proposition. In fact, it changes nothing immediately. But what we are voting on is allowing legislature to do what they want when it comes to daylight savings time. Um, So I guess it's... Time to spend some time on daylight savings time, mm. yeah, if you vote yes, you allow the you allow the state legislature to vote on whether or not we stop moving our clocks back and forth between an hour or so uh in the months of November and March. a uh, little bit more consistency. I like it, I'm gonna vote yes, but I don't die if anybody votes no. Uh, if you vote no, then that means we basically keep the current system that we have of keeping our clocks one hour back in November and one hour forward in March. It's just funny. I think that there's no campaigning on this at all. Um, No one was uh, spending money to say that this should be passed. No one was spending money to say it shouldn't be. So it kind of goes to show it's a little useless. Uh, It would be nice to see us have consistent time, though. That's cool. Uh, Proposition 8, we're looking at, it regulates the amount of patient kidney dialysis clinics charge for dialysis treatment. This gets a little bit weird. It's kind of a tough one. I don't even know if I got it completely correct. But check this out. So, um, I believe dialysis clinics will be required to pay back the patients or the patients' providers, like uh, the health insurance companies, private insurers, um, if they charge um, if they charge one hundred fifteen percent above cost for what it took to um, to perform the dialysis on the patient, I don't believe that they will give back money. They will have a rebate required for those who are under medical. Uh, or Medicare. That is also a large percentage of the um the providers of those who are under dialysis treatment, I believe. Um and there are I there are a few dialysis clinics around. I think there are about maybe four major ones, two of the the top two are for profit. Um so it's I'm not entirely sure. I know that there's a lot of funding going into the opposition for this and I assume that they have to be from the clinics. Um, I believe it is 18 million dollars campaigning to uh, to support this proposition, and then 111 million campaigning to vote no on this uh, proposition. I lean more towards yes. I'm not sure that the clinics are necessarily struggling to um, perform dialysis on their patients, but I would vote yes more confidently so if a majority of the patients are paying out of pocket the thing is i believe most of them are paying from their insurance providers and the insurance providers are actually the ones that get the rebate not the patients if i understand it correctly but this is proposition eight not 100 percent sure on that proposition nine uh We are actually not voting on this one, but it was when California was supposed to be divided into three states. I like California being one state, so I don't think we need to go over that one. Proposition 10 expands local government's authorities to enact rent control on residential property. Uh, Cool. This one is uh, also an interesting one. There's definitely a lot more funding saying that there should be – that this shouldn't be the requirement. This shouldn't be the case. Um, But this is not saying that – this proposition is not saying that rent control is going to be enacted. All it's saying is that local governments now will be able to decide on whether or not the rent – there should be rent control uh, for the municipalities around – Now, it gets tricky because you're looking at, um, there are two different kinds of renters out there. There are those that make a lot of money by price gouging people, but there are also those who are sort of like mom and pop shop owners, so they're not necessarily making a lot of money off of it, but this is their way of making a little bit extra by renting out to people. Um, because, uh, real estate is truly one of the few ways to make passive income, but they also have to pay for repairs. They also have to pay for, uh, utilities. I believe that's the case. It is not easy to be, uh, somebody that owns, owns property. Um, from the renter's perspective, of course, this is a total, this is totally going to make sense. Of course, you would want to, uh, enact rent control. But for the property owners, it is uh, much more difficult for them to deal with uh, having rent control, especially when when you consider the fact that it costs a lot to maintain um, these pieces of property. So my take is that I think it is in the right step to say, yes, we should have rent control, but also take into account there should be more rent control maybe for those that make more and those that don't. So it makes sense for it to be operating under a sort of bracket style. So those that the the homeowners that make zero to, I don't know, 200,000, this is hypothetical. I'm not saying that this is going to be accurate, but zero to $200,000 a year on their property should uh, be limited to X amount of rent control. And then 200 to 500,000 is limited to this amount. And anyone making five hundred thousand to a million, this amount, and a million over this amount, so the rent control would get more strict as you progressively make more uh, money from uh, those that you rent uh, that you rent to. Uh, I'm not one hundred percent sure on this one, um, but I lean more towards yes, we should have some rent control, but then. This is not the final step. It needs to be taken to the next level within local governments to figure out how they uh, decide to go about with this rent control. Number 11, it requires the private sector emergency ambulance employees to remain on call during work breaks. We've been doing this for a while. I don't know how long, but we've we've been doing it for a while. But... They put this on the ballot again just to give people the opportunity to say, you know what, maybe they shouldn't be required to uh, perform, I guess, in emergency situations while they're on lunch or while they're on break. Uh, Essentially, what's happening here is that if you vote that we should require them to remain on call during breaks and lunch, Uh, it is a cost effective measure for uh, especially I believe these are mostly private institutions that are. Um, it's, it's the private sector ambulance employees that we're talking about here. Um, and then if you vote no, then the ambulance, um, the ambulance employees then get to take their breaks and lunches, but then they would have to hire more people. So it's basically kind of a cost effective or cost saving measure for those, uh, who are in the private sector. Uh, I don't think this one is, I think not that I don't think I believe this one is going to uh, it's going to pass, uh, even though it's been going on for a while. I think we're just going to continue doing the same thing. Uh, there's been absolutely no opposition as far as I've been concerned, um, and I don't know why it was put on the ballot. I actually do think I signed a petition to get this on the ballot as well, um, probably a, a year or so ago, some something like that, whenever kids on college campuses are getting X amount of signatures for five bucks or whatever. That's what's been going on. So, yep, I will vote yes on this. I do think that even though you work hard as an EMT, as a paramedic, you kind of signed up for the responsibility of saving lives, and uh, I commend you all for that. So that's Proposition 11. And the last one, we're looking at number 12. This is an animal cruelty uh, proposition where you're looking to establish new minimum space requirements uh, for confining certain farm animals. I believe there's a little bit more to this than uh, I see, but it prohibits the sales of meat and egg products from animals confined in non-complying manner. So you can't sell it if you uh, confine your chickens laying eggs, I believe to less than one square feet. Um, And I think eventually by 2022, uh, the uh, chickens will be free roaming. I'm sure that there are more details to this, but the chicken has been the one that I've been paying attention to the most on this one. Uh, it's it's kind of difficult for me to say no to this one because I think even though it comes at the cost of uh, the farmers and they are stuffing a lot of animals uh, within the space that they're given, um, it is... A health benefit. And also at the same time, it is going to be less stressful for the animals that are in turn producing the food that we need to consume. So uh, minimum space requirements, less, less space or less, um, less profit, I believe for the farmers. Um, but that would be sort of something that we need uh, in order to have, uh, I guess, better food, or better meat, though, it's not entirely a drastic change. It is a step in the right direction. Um, something that these ballot measures seem to have a common theme of just taking a step in the, dire- in the right direction. So these are my comments on the ballot measures. Thank you for sticking with me all the way to the end. Um, next video is going to be on the candidates, and that was a lot more difficult to research, but um, I guess it'll be fun just talking about it. Let me know in the comments what you think. If I'm objectively wrong on any of them, uh, don't spark a political war in the comment section, please. But um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you guys in the next video.